The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Inside Out with your host, Beth Green. This is James Maynard, your co-host. Today's topic, there is no business as usual, are you ready to stand for something? Many of us feel overwhelmed by the demands of daily life. We're already at our limit at Earth's reality. Climate change is devastating our land with fire and drought. In fact, Beth and I are experiencing it right where we live. Violence is turning schools into war zones. Our political system is paralyzed and more. We know we have to do something, but what and how? We already feel we have too much to do, too much to think about, and too few answers. We don't have the time, the energy, or the inspiration to take on our world's problems. But can we afford not to? There is no business as usual anymore. There's no usual weather, usual public safety, usual conditions for our kids to grow up in. Our world is changing, and we have no say, unless we join with others and take a stand. What really stops us? And what can we do about it? Let's support each other to get involved and take a stand for things we believe in. Start by taking a stand with us. Call, share, and help your friends by passing on the podcast. Then join our post-show forum to continue the conversation. And now, here's Beth from the Inside Out. Welcome to Inside Out. I'm so glad to be with you today. Uh, I'd like to... Before we actually get into the meat of this show, I'd like to segue it from our last show, which was about Iraq, because it's, it's really an interesting uh, movement from that show to this one. So I'd like to tell you that I got vastly different kinds of responses, and, and I'm really curious about you, you, whoever you are who's out there. <laughs> Did you hang up on this show? Did you not even want to listen to it? Did you listen and really love it? Did you listen and hate it? Well, I'm going to tell you that the, the, uh, the kind of responses that I got went all the way from, I hate you for forcing this upon me, to these two. So I want to read you two positive ones for a change. I'm not telling you there weren't any bad ones, but I'm going to give you very, very small excerpts from two. One was, I was glued to my computer. I found this attempt at an overview to be very, very helpful. It didn't give us any easy, what can I do? But it gives us the information about how we can't know what to do in every situation. And so what then? And so she was responding. We had uh, James Gelvin, a professor from UCLA, coming on. And he was trying to give us a very, very brief overview of what's going on in Iraq and what the history is so that we could make sense of what we were seeing in the news. And another really very positive response that we got was, I listened with, these were in emails, so I'm reading, I listened with rapt attention to your show with the UCLA Professor Galvin. And let me see, I'm skipping ahead. The history you discussed on your show and the complexity of the region 
opened the door to a willingness to seek out and digest different articles on the region, feeling more equipped to listen and hear from a deeper perspective. It was a great piggyback to your previous show on how do you feel when you watch the news. And let me tell you, finally, she said, thank thank you to you and your guest. Uh, I definitely feel more inclined to call in with questions now. And isn't that nice? I think that was very nice. So that cheered me up. And then I got all bummed out when people said, I don't understand why we're talking about Iraq. You know, and then I had my own reactivity like, well, okay, if it was your brother or son or dad that was going to get another endless tour of duty in Iraq, you would care. Right. But that's a kind of a snotty reaction on my part, even though it's true, you know. So (laughs) I was like, hello. And then someone else said, no, I love the show on Iraq. Now, climate change doesn't interest me. And I thought, climate change doesn't interest you. You live in California and there's a drought. There's no water. Does that not interest you? So I could feel myself (laughs) just, you know, just bristling. Like, wait a minute. Now, of course, I have a confession to make myself. There's a lot of news articles that I don't read. And, you know, we're talking about the news now. You know, one week we're talking about why we hate our fathers or love our fathers, how we really feel about our fathers, and now we're talking about the news. Well, why is that? Because it's all a part of our human experience. What is going on in our world is what is going on in our world. You know, we used to think, I think many of us thought of overseas as kind of exotic. Oh, there was deepest, darkest Africa, and there was the uh, very um, fascinating uh, Far East with all its mystery and all of that kind of stuff. Very great. Wonderful pictures from the National Geographic. But what happens when there's a war in Europe, like there was World War II, or in Asia, and we're involved, and we make ourselves be involved, or it impacts us because our ships are getting blown up or our oil prices go up or whatever. So there's so many things in the world now, and they all impact everything. Isn't it shocking and horrifying to think that because there's a bunch of greedy people in the Amazon that are cutting down that forest, well, that's changing our climate. Aha! You know what? It's always been true the other way around. You know, we have always had, well, I shouldn't say always. It's not continuously, but it's on a very frequent basis. The U.S. has had interests in the fate of other nations because we wanted to have access to their natural resources or their labor or whatever it is that we wanted. And we didn't think twice about going in, I'm saying the majority of us about going in and invading somebody because we wanted to control their economy to make it more palatable for us and, uh, you know, better for our own companies. And that is the history of our nation. And uh, even started with Manifest Destiny when we started crawling across the continent. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, we've always impacted people. And now we're beginning to realize that they can impact us back. And I think the most shocking example of that was 9-11. Now, what does this have to do with today's show on taking a stand? Well, there is no business as usual. That means we're just taking one example here of how people react to our last show. So, well, I don't want to have to think about that. I'm not going to think about that. I have other things to think about. 
And like I said, supposing you don't want to think about Iraq and then suddenly you have a father or a brother or a nephew or a boss or a cousin, anybody who's going back to Iraq. Or let's say you're not even in that situation. Let's say you're in a situation where you're driving a car down the freeway and some guy who's gotten post-traumatic stress syndrome by being in Afghanistan comes along and sideswipes you, kills your kid. That war has come home, guys. Everything affects everything, and we're coming to realize that. And that means, no, we can't keep track of everything. I certainly cannot, you know, what's going on in Ferguson, Missouri, I'm sure all of you, if you're paying any attention, are really upset about, A, the killing of this teenager, but not knowing why he was killed, and then there's all this violence, which you know has to have been caused by some pent-up emotion, because people don't just go out on the streets and start throwing Molotov cocktails for nothing. I mean, not most of us, anyway. You know, what is really going on there, and why are people so upset? And what does it have to do with me and you? If you were living in Missouri, that would be coming home. The impacts of racism. I remember when there was rioting in the streets of New York, where I lived. And suddenly, the impact of racism had hit home for me. So why am I saying right now there is no business as usual? Because there isn't, because everything is impacting us. Now, again, I'm not saying that you have to follow every single news story on the planet. Even if you spend 24-7 reading the news, you still wouldn't know what's going on. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I'm not even suggesting that that's a good idea. But what I am saying... I used to read three newspapers a day. Did you? Yep. Did you? (laughs) Now, there is so much news on the internet, you couldn't possibly keep track of it all. But what I am saying is there, that uh, we have to have a general sense of what's going on in our world. We have to understand what goes on with people, why we do the things that we do. We have to become aware that even if I want to hide my head in the sand, the sand is going to bury my head. You know, there's, and my ass in every other part of my anatomy. And I'm serious. I'm serious because everything comes back. I think Malcolm or, or X... Or we get kicked in the butt because we didn't see it coming. Exactly. I think Malcolm <laughs> X said it well. He said, the chickens come home to roost. And I think he said that when John F. Kennedy was assassinated. Mm. You know, um, people want to say, well, I'll get to that later. You know, I'll worry about global warming later. Well, guys, this is later. It's later than you think. And... Uh, it's true about everything. And I mean, it's also true when there's a bully in a classroom, when people make racist remarks and you overhear them. You know, all of that stuff that makes up our world. How do you know that the people who are making vicious remarks about somebody because they're Polish or they're Italian or Jewish or black or whatever, or Muslim or Arab, how do you know what they're saying about you? <laughs> You know, we can't allow people to be mean-spirited, to be um, 
denigrating of others without thinking that they are poisoning the very air that we breathe. And I could put it on a very high level and say we are one in consciousness, and that is so true. And we feel each other's feelings, and that is so true. And we share the same air, and that is so true. But now more than, but that's always been true. But now more than ever, there is no business as usual because all of the things that we say I'll worry about later are having consequences now. They're having consequences now. You may not know the consequence something has on you. You may not realize that something that's happening in the Middle East is impacting the price of your oil. Or you may not realize that the structure of certain corporations and the way they do business is impacting your ability to get your needs met every day. You may not realize that. You may not realize or may not have realized that global warming was going to ruin the weather but you're realizing it now. So what is it that really blocks us from taking a stand when we do have a strong conviction about something? Why don't we stand up to the bully? Why don't we speak up? Many of us didn't speak up when we were children. I'd like you to call in. We're going to be announcing that number in our commercial break. And I want you to call in. I want you to get honest. You know Do you take a stand when you know something is important? Do you fear to take a stand? Have you always been that way? What's stopping you? Is it a sense of, I can't handle this, I'm overwhelmed, I'm ignorant, I don't know what to do? What is it? Are we ready to support one another to take a stand where it counts, where we see that there is hurt, where we can do something? And we don't. So with no further ado, we're going to go to commercial break. But when we come back, I'd love to hear from you and from James as well. So don't go away. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Bring Beth into your world in person or via the Internet. Learn how by visiting her website, bethgreen.org. At the website, sign up for her newsletter to keep abreast of her latest activities, blogs, videos, and more. Just for signing up, you'll receive a free PDF copy of Living with Reality, her 688-page volume that helps us understand ourselves in relatable terms, as well as offers a proven program to heal and co-create a better world. But there's more. Learn about Beth's four other books, both fiction and nonfiction. Check out her gorgeous music, which is heartfelt and mystical. Become acquainted with Beth and James's programs for healing and training, and discover their community, the Stream Center for the New Spirituality, which welcomes you wherever you are in the world. All this and more can be found at Beth's website, www.bethgreen.org. Again, that's bethgreen.org. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You 
You're tuned in to Inside Out with Beth Green and co-host James Maynard. To reach us on the show, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. If you'd rather send us an email, the address is beth at bethgreen.org. Now, back to Inside Out. Welcome back to Inside Out. So I want to say something positive now because James asked me a question and uh, brought up something during the break. James, take it away. Yes. Uh, Beth, I'd like you to share with us about what you've been trying to do about climate change, about the things that a person can do to network with others who are trying to do something about it, et cetera, et cetera. So would you please share about that? Yes. Well, uh, as as you know, uh, some of you, we're trying to pull together a special for Voice America on climate change. I, I think it might be called uh, Climate Change Hitting Home, Both the Problems and the Solutions. So saying how the problems of climate change have actually hit home. No, it's not about the penguins anymore. It's about our own weather, our storms, the loss of income, the price of food, and so on. And... In the process, I've been learning, and I'll tell you something. It's just fascinating, and this is why James wanted to, to bring this up. There are so many people out there already who are doing so, such fantastic things, who have done the research on climate change and are ready to share, who have been thinking through solutions. The uh, energy revolution, the revolutions around food, I didn't know this, but there's all kinds of uh, that uh, organic food, uh, for instance, the way you grow organic food helps the environment in ways that I hadn't realized. It's not just pesticides. It's also about global warming. So it's encouraging that when you start investigating, instead of just feeling overwhelmed, oh, my God, there's nothing I can do. This is so awful. I don't even want to think about it. Um, it you'd come to realize there's other people out there who are actually ahead of you, certainly ahead of me, in terms of doing things, mothers uniting, uh, evangelicals uh, getting together, the Tea Party in Georgia getting together with the Sierra Club to work uh, around solar power to confront the utility companies on their monopolies. I mean, it's just phenomenal. So one of the antidotes to the overwhelm and the fear that we feel when we actually think, oh my God, maybe I should do something about this, is that you discover that you are not alone. You may think you're alone, you may feel you're alone, but you're not alone because if you're having certain feelings, a lot of people are having the same feelings that you are. That's why I love this show. I know that so many of you feel exactly the same way I do. Even if you hang up on the show before even gets started, say, I don't want to talk about this. I don't want to think about this today. These topics that nobody wants to talk about. Um, once you do, you begin to discover, oh my God, there's so many other people out there who are already taking a stand on things that are important to them. If you want to get involved with your child's school, for instance, you'll meet other people who are already involved. You You'll find that there are other teachers, if you're a teacher, that there are other teachers who really care about uh, what's happening to our educational system and better ways of teaching our kids. So we are not alone because we already have a few callers. And first, I'd like to call on Rose from California. Hello, Rose. Hi. Hi, Beth. Hi. Hi. Um, I wanted to give 
um, just a small example in my world of a place where I didn't speak up somewhat recently. It's not, you know, a big deal, but I have been bothered by why I didn't. Okay. So the background is that um, uh, a friend had a quinceanera, which is a 15-year-old uh, I'm, girl. I'm sorry. Honey, I'm having trouble uh, making out what you're saying. It's a little garbled. Oh, so you said you had a friend me, with what? How does this sound? Better? Much yes. better. Okay, thank I you. came off my earpiece. Um, oh, a, a, a friend turned 15, a little girl turned 15, and she had a party, right? Yes. So prior to the party, it's a big deal for uh, the it's a Mexican culture thing that they have a big party, and um, there's a choreographed dance that takes place. So I uh, attended, on my own accord, uh, one of the rehearsals. And while I was there, there were um, three people uh, probably of the same age-ish on the sidelines teasing, cussing, using the F word, and I didn't say anything. And now, I, they, they were teasing the entire party or just the, the, the dancers? Just the dancers. This is again. This is just a rehearsal. Okay. This isn't like at the party yeah. or anything. And okay, I just um, and they weren't saying it loud enough, maybe even completely to be heard by them. I don't yes. know, but I heard it. Yeah, and I thought I've, I've thought about this several times. Why I didn't say anything, and um, you know, maybe part of me was looking at. Is this my place? I wasn't even invited to the rehearsal. You know, I just went because I have a dance background and I'm curious about these kind of things. Okay, and I Rose, to Rose, I'm going to interrupt you because I don't think you're going to get it. So okay, let me good. just try to help you find out why, okay? Good. That's why I called. I thought so. So, um, Rose, what did this remind Just like close your eyes for a moment and let an image come to you. What did this scene remind you of? Um, well, the school, um, uh, teasing, um, it reminded you of your experience in school? Well, I was just looking to see if I ever participated like that myself, and I don't feel that. Um, I don't think it's school. You don't think it's school? No, no, you're don't try to make a literal connection. I want you to make an intuitive connection. Just go into your heart and let something pass before your your mind or your eyes, your your inner eye or your inner ear. Uh, what did this, if when I ask you, what did that moment remind you of? I'll give you a hint if you okay, I would need just it. Up, but you can go ahead and give me a hint. Okay. Uh, were they all males? Two males and a female that were doing the uh, that were doing the teasing yes. or the effing. F- okay. I don't know if the girl was involved, but I could ah. hear the males. So maybe okay. it was all the males were the okay. ones. Yes, it was the males. That, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that the girl didn't get involved, but you were didn't hear it. You were not triggered by that. Right. So now I want you to let yourself feel. What did that remind you of having males? being denigrating and in some ways you experience it as threatening. Uh, well, something else now is coming up. I don't know if this is right, but my brothers. Yes, exactly. Right. 
That's exactly it. It's your brothers. And um, you were younger, older? Yeah, nine years younger than my youngest brother, and they're like, okay. you know, 10 okay. and 11 years older than me. So you are, so in that situation, you were very young, a girl, and f- pretty defenseless compared to an older brother. Sure. And so how did you feel in that moment at when you were, whatever your brothers were doing that you felt was threatening? Um, alone and scared. Yes. And who did you think they were threatening? Who did I think they were threatening? Yes. Who did I think they were threatening? Yeah, did you feel like they were threatening you, or did you feel like they were threatening somebody else, or an animal, or? I think it was other boys. Okay, so you felt that they were threatening other boys. Uh huh. Um, I don't think so. Was it an animal? Do you think it yes. was an animal? Yes, it was an animal. And how did you feel? Yes. And what did you speak up? No. Why not? Well, because you were scared to death. (laughs) I mean, let's just put it mildly. Brothers or no brothers, they they didn't feel very safe to you. And um, and you and so I think that and how did you feel about not defending that animal? Terrible. Yeah. Now, I want you to go back to that moment. That at this party. And recognize that what was happening for you is that you were like five years old. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So have some compassion for yourself and say no. (laughs) <laughs> that's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. So, I, yeah, because I was feeling bad about them being so young, and my, I'm quite a bit older. You know, I'm the adult yeah. here, but I couldn't do it. That's right, because you were the child. So yeah. that's what it brought back to you. So this is a great example, Rose, for a lot of us. Uh, some of us get very defensive and angry and aggressive when in the, we're in situations like this, and some of us get kind of passive and scared. And you did, and that's, this is your history and your experience. So what I would like to suggest to you is uh, from now on, if situations like that come around, just turn around and look at those kids, look at yourself and say, but I'm not five years old, and they're not <laughs> ten years older. Okay, Rose, I got to go because we have a few more callers, but thanks so much for your call. And our next caller is Erica, also from California. Hello, Beth. Hello, Erica. You know, I I have felt some progress in this area that I haven't felt so terribly small that I had to hide so much of the time. (laughs) But... You know, and that's been a long time coming, but, you know, I came face-to-face with a, um, you know, a very painful situation, and 
I really didn't know what to say to her, except, you know, perhaps just to acknowledge her pain. This, um, this woman I know is selling some property in beautiful, beautiful part of Colorado, pristine, you know, with trees and all of that. And, mm-hmm. um, it's the oil companies that want to buy it from her and they want to buy it for fracking. Oh my. Uh, and, uh, not everybody knows what fracking is. Fracking is a way of extracting, um, is it oil or gas? That just calls you. It's oil. I thought I, I had a cognitive. I had a senior moment there. Okay, so, <laughs> and it's extremely, extremely harsh on the environment. It's terrible. It's devastating. You just turn yeah. it into a total wasteland of, you know, <laughs> yes. it's incredible what happens to the to the to the ground. Okay. Um, so she she's telling me more about her experience, and she's saying this property's been in my family for many years, and my father spent at least a hundred thousand dollars fighting the oil companies when they first came into this this area, and that was back in the mid eighties. Mm. He is with a dual dilemma, you know, that she's not only you know realizing what she's you know going about to do to this beautiful property but she's also going against her deceased father's you know whole purpose in the latter part of his life and at you know what kind of stand do you take at that point you just (laughs) well uh, erica i have a suggestion uh, yeah. Maybe you did this, but this is what comes to mind. The first yeah. thing that I, I would say if I was with somebody like that, that I had a relationship with and who was talking, it's not like, oh, you know, standing in front of the cops or, you know, flinging a baton around. I, I would say, and so how do you feel about that? Yeah. And then after she shares how she feels about it, then you can say, and so why are you doing it? Mm. <laughs> so, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, is it worth it or whatever? I can't, you know, complete that conversation because, no. you know, no. I don't know what she would have said. But you it see... It how answers, but you can have that conversation with anybody, whether it's the first time you talk with them or the third time, which essentially was, this was the third time. Exactly, exactly. It's what you're doing then is trying to support someone else to see whether or not it's right for them to take a stand. And that's just as valuable. Because uh, uh-huh. uh-huh. it was just as painful for me to experience myself silent in the moment as it was yes. to feel her pain about what she was about to do. Exactly. Exactly. So that's Thanks. my suggestion. And uh, I'd like to thank you for your call. And... Uh, uh, I'm sure that the question that you asked is going to apply to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Thank you. Okay, Thanks. our next caller is Irene. Hi. Um, I I would like to look at uh, the difference in me when I can stand up for um, things like climate change. I can stand in front of the supermarket with Obamacare and pass out leaflets, even though people are angry with me. And that doesn't um, seem to affect me. But I know when I was a child, I still have a lot of pain about 
not standing up for my my sister and in fact participating in teasing her uh when my parents seemed against her and um so uh, you know i i do i feel kind of like a personal coward that i can stand up when i'm with an organization that is standing behind me but when it's me against authority um i cave well it, it, you know that's very interesting because I'm not sure, given the examples that you gave, you could interpret that uh, in a couple of different ways. You could say that if you're standing up around climate change or what, uh, I can't remember the other examples that you gave, uh, you know, that you're, you're standing up to authority, but you're not standing up to people whose love you need. And with the example that you gave about your siblings is that the yeah. fear wasn't about standing up to authority. It was about standing up and p- potentially antagonizing somebody that you, Im- that you really felt like you needed. Yeah, that's now, true. Is that true? That's very true. Okay. So the first thing is to then to take a look at why is my need for that person's love and approval more important than my need for my own? Because what happens when we don't take a stand and we feel uh, around something that we feel we should, we feel shame. And we don't need anyone else to shame us. We feel shame. And then we're in pain about that and we feel even more impotent. So you're already losing love, but it's your own. And why is the the parent's Mm. love more important than yours? Well, when you're a child, of course, your parents are... (laughs) Rather crucial to your survival, so that's a fact. But now I want to ask you something else. Uh, you know, if this is the case that that you have a tendency to uh, to fall, you know, to lose it when it comes to standing up to somebody who's you have decided that you need. Look at what authority figures you didn't stand up to versus those that you did. So I'd like you to give me an example of authority figures that you really, really never took a stand with. Well, um, I remember I was a nun. Yes. And, um, you know, we had lofty goals. And uh, and this was a community in San Francisco that was very aligned with the, the government. And I remember that um, a friend of mine, uh, also a nun, wanted to go visit uh, a boy, a student of hers, who was in jail for uh, a a public thing that he had done or his group had done. And she wanted to go visit him, which was one of the, the works that we did as nuns, was to visit the sick and the imprisoned and so forth. And was told no. Mm. And I remember she was furious. And I remember myself as trying to figure out who was right instead of recognizing (laughs) immediately and supporting her and saying, well, I'll go with you. We need to, we need to address this. I mean, this was a community of people 
Vlad committed my life to doing work with, Yeah, you know? Yeah. And yet I wasn't challenging them that the thing we say we're doing, we aren't doing. Not when it comes to, you know, losing the political influence that we think we need from the powers that be. Yeah. So, so I think this is right because I felt that it had to do with the church. So I'm very glad that you brought this up. So if you look at it, it's the church in general represents the love of God at that time in your, in your development. But also uh, uh, the community that you were in, you were afraid to stand up to the authority of the community you were in because you were afraid to lose their love, their cooperation, their admiration, the place that you had in it. And, no. uh, yeah. What you're saying just makes me see immediately the connection. I wanted, I was doing what they were doing. I wanted politically to move ahead in the community and to have more and more important interests, form more and more important positions. So yes. I was being political rather than yes. uh, ethical myself. Yes, exactly. So, so that's a very good them? point. So that's a very good point, too, because you, you are having an I am that moment, as we say here inside yeah. out. As you know, you, you can say now, I didn't confront that them. I didn't confront that in them because I wasn't ready to confront it in me. So yeah. we have yet another reason. So what we've been looking at so far is uh, a variety of reasons that people don't stand up, starting from Rose, who feels like a child. Uh, in a threatening situation. She just goes back to that feeling. Uh, we had Erica who w wasn't prepared to actually engage the person and ask the questions that she knows to make that mm -hmm. person real and also to see that this is exactly, you know, what would be true for me is also true for that person. If, I'm, if I would be in pain about this, she's in pain, and to give herself the right to connect to another person on that deep level. And um, you're talking about two things here. You know, one is the fear of the loss of love and protection from those that we think we need that love and protection from. And the final piece that we've already hit today is I, if I have to confront someone else in a certain behavior, I've got to be sure that I'm doing that myself. And if I am not doing it myself, it's going to block me from even seeing what they're doing because I'm not going to want to confront them. So yeah. thanks a, a lot for your call, Irene. Uh, we're going to go on to our next commercial break because uh, we have another caller and I'd like to wait till we come back from break to bring her on. So uh, you can do, please continue to call in and we're going to take a break. Visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Bring Beth into your world in person or via the Internet. Learn how by visiting her website, bethgreen.org. At the website, sign up for her newsletter to keep abreast of her latest activities, blogs, videos, and more. Just for signing up, you'll receive a free PDF copy of Living with Reality, 
her 688-page volume that helps us understand ourselves in relatable terms, as well as offers a proven program to heal and co-create a better world. But there's more. Learn about Beth's four other books, both fiction and nonfiction. Check out her gorgeous music, which is heartfelt and mystical. Become acquainted with Beth and James's programs for healing and training, and discover their community, the Stream Center for the New Spirituality, which welcomes you wherever you are in the world. All this and more can be found at Beth's website, www.bethgreen.org. Again, that's bethgreen.org. The 7th Wave Channel on The Voice America Network. You're tuned in to Inside Out with Beth Green and co-host James Maynard. To reach us on the show, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. If you'd rather send us an email, the address is beth at bethgreen.org. Now, back to Inside Out. Welcome back. Uh, We're talking about taking a stand. There is no business as usual. We've got to take a stand because, you know, we, you know, people say, oh, no, I can just go along like the way I always have. We can't go along the way we always have because we're going down the toilet in many ways doing things the way we have. And we're looking at some of the internal things that stop us from taking stands that many of which come from our childhood. And I'd like to just wrap up one piece that we were just talking about with Irene before we go on to our next caller, which is that Irene's example was she was afraid to stand up to the community of nuns that she loved and was dependent on. And that wasn't even an authority figure. You know, we can be, and then James was just sharing that he's been afraid at times to stand up to his daughter who's dependent on him. So the fear of the loss of love and of belonging can paralyze us in all kinds of situations whether the people that we're that we would have to stand up to are theoretically above us, uh, you know, on the same level of us, or even dependent on us, so isn't that amazing? Uh, so our next caller is Elizabeth. Welcome to Inside. Hi, thank you. Can you hear me? Okay. Yes, we are. You're the okay. best so far. We've had a little tough reception today. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, let's see, I, I wanted to go back to the fracking. Uh, my understanding is they're actually drilling for natural or for uh, natural gas. It's the oil companies drilling for natural gas, just trying to oh, get oh, good. more so resources. That, <laughs> all right. I thought so. So, But, uh, you know, I was very willing to be wrong about that because my head is like a sieve. I've, I've reached the age that I don't remember details. But good. Thank you, Elizabeth. Um, I think uh, what comes up for me in regards to, um, like, blocking that comes up in facing others. Um, like I think in some situations I'm afraid to say something to others because I feel like I'm going to open a can of worms and not know how to deal with it. Uh, what do you um, mean? For example, like I was with my family recently and I could, there was obvious dysfunction and pain happening with my sister and her daughter and neither one of them could talk about it. And instead of me, you know, just, instigating a conversation, I just completely froze as well mm-hmm. as they did, just like they did. Mm-hmm. And just the, 
being fearful of opening a can of worms of, okay, there's a lot of pain here. How do I even instigate helping them talk about what's going on and how big of a concern it is? Well, you know, I'd like to uh, interject something here already. Okay. Sometimes, because we're talking about different reasons that we don't speak up, I mean, we haven't talked about the obvious, like we're going to get fired from a job or we're going to get thrown out of the tribe or whatever. But this is another piece of it, which can be that we are impacted by the emotions of the people around us. So Mm -hmm. if the mother and daughter that you're talking about don't want to talk about something, you are going to be energetically impacted by their not wanting to talk about it. You Mm. can find yourself shutting down freezing and just not being able to talk. Uh, mm-hmm. In fact, you might even forget the very thing that you wanted to talk about, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this has happened to me more and more lately. So um, I like to blame my audience. When I go blank on the air, it's not my fault. It's you guys, right? You just don't want me to talk about it, so I, I can't. But anyway, there's a lot of reality to that. And so what I would like to suggest, uh, Elizabeth, is that frequently you're blocked because you feel other people's fear of you bringing up a topic and you think that fear is your own. And unless you can differentiate yourself from their fear, you will be run by it just like it was yours. Mm. So my suggestion is that the next time you're in a situation like that, say to yourself, I wonder if this is their fear, and why am I buying into it? What might they be afraid of? Oh, they're afraid of looking bad, or they're afraid of hurting each other, or you know, they're afraid of being hurt by each other, or whatever it is. And then you may have to address that fear. You might start a conversation and say, this is probably kind of a difficult situ- subject for you to talk about because you know you love each other so much, and you don't want to lose whatever relationship you have left. But this is the thing that I'm saying that I think is getting in the way. So that is one. Sometimes you just have to kick yourself in the ass and speak. And sometimes you need to address whatever it is that's blocking you directly because that is the way that the universe is telling you, you need to address this before you can even get to that. So I hope that was helpful. We do have another call. And so if you feel like I've answered your question, uh, I'd like to go on. Do do you feel like I've answered it? Yeah, thank you very much. Well, and thank you, Elizabeth. Again, that was an excellent call, which brought up a very important point. And now we have Helen. Hi. I, Hi, welcome. I, thank you. I think that the person, that the situations that I've had the most trouble standing up for are situations in which I couldn't stand up for myself. Yes, and, you know, I'm doing better in my older age, but, you know, there were horrible situations. I mean, you know, sexual situations, uh, people behaving in a molesting way toward me, and I couldn't say no. I didn't just say stop. Well, I am that, Helen. I so identify with your bringing up, and I'm so glad that you called and brought this topic up because 
many of us have that situation. I have always been a fighter, but I've always been able to fight for other people way before I could fight for myself. So the first thing I just I want to share with you is you are not alone. And uh, there's more people out there like that than you think, including people who may have bullied you. <laughs> uh, if it really came down to it, you would see that they're not standing up for themselves either. But that, of course, is a spiritual issue of their, their real selves. So the question, of course, that you're asking is, why can't I stand up for myself? And let me ask you that question, and let's see if we can't very quickly access uh, a valuable piece of this puzzle. So, Helen, why have you not been able to stand up for yourself? Because I was afraid I would be rejected. Very close. Or cast out. Yes. Yes. That if you stood up for yourself and demanded something, it would not be given to you. You wouldn't have been seen as worthwhile. Demanded to... For example... Let's say somebody's treating you in a molesting way or in a humiliating way or whatever it is that they're doing that's really coming from them. If you say, no, I will not have a relationship with you if you treat me in this way or uh, please go into therapy or <laughs> get some support around why you're treating me this way, then what you're saying is, I am not willing to engage in this relationship if this is the way that relationship is going to be. Well, supposing they then say, well, then that's too bad. It's like saying, you're not worth it. If I can't molest you, I'm not going to bother with you. If you have a deep sense of lack of value, of not being worth relating to, then you're going to have to go through some kind of shenanigans to get people to relate to you. For many of us in uh, you know, our youth, it was sex. It was, no man is really going to want to have a relationship with me unless I allow him to molest me or be sexual with me or think he's going to get sex from me or something like that because he's not going to value me enough to just have a relationship with me. Or I, you know, this person who treats me with contempt is obviously getting something out of that experience. And if I deprive them of the opportunity to feel superior to me, they're not going to want to be with me at all. So it comes from just that sense of such a lack of value in ourselves. And guys, this applies to so many of us, so many of us, not just Helen, obviously, not just me. And yet, again, this is so similar to the point that I was making earlier, when we allow people to be abusive towards us, we lose our self-respect and self-love goes down the tubes. In that situation, the result is we feel less and less valuable. The less valuable we feel, the more we let people abuse us. Right. So it's not their abuse that destroys us. It is the fact that we don't stand up for ourselves on the inside and say, I am really worth more than this. And sometimes, to be perfectly honest, we aren't worth that much in, the, in our own way of thinking because 
we are not standing up for something that we think is right or because we're not working or we're not contributing or what or we're nasty and we haven't taken ourselves on and uh, I'd like to talk about that for a minute if if you don't mind Helen sure uh, which is that you know I always say if you want to feel self-respect do something that you respect don't expect yourself to respect yourself because you're just because because you're this nice person because when you don't respect yourself that erodes your feelings about yourself, which actually invites the abuse, like any battered woman can tell you. And it, we can't start by having people treat us differently, although that can be marvelous, and sometimes that happens by the grace of God. But, we're, but we can always start with looking within ourselves and saying, is there any behavior or attitude in me that I am not standing up to, that I am not addressing, that I'm letting myself get away with. And that's making me feel so lousy about myself that I let other people abuse me. So if I were to ask you, and we're getting close to the end of our show, so we don't have a lot of time. Helen, during those years, what if name something very significant for you that you were doing that you did not respect that allowed you to believe that you were not worth treating being treated differently? Well, being promiscuous sexually was certainly one of them. Yes, and there was something else. That's a that's a big one. But it some feels like something else. If it's not coming to you, you can ask me, is it something that I was doing to others or something that I was doing to myself? Is it something I was doing to others? No. It was something you were doing to yourself. I mean, it could be as simple as I was overeating <laughs> or um, yeah, I, I was, don't know what. Hmm? You know, during the years that I was doing this, I, I mean, sometimes I guess I'm sure it was overeating. Sometimes it was probably just, um, you know, wearing high heels or, you know, doing things that, that were twisting myself up, you know, to make myself look a certain way. Or Yes. Yes, that's exactly right. You were twisting yourself up. You were abusing your body in order to satisfy something that your mind and our society had created about how you should look. Yeah. And you were not treating yourself with the love that you needed. With, you didn't, weren't treating your body. You weren't cherishing your body in a way that it needed and you allowed others to do the same, which was to not mm -hmm. cherish it. I've got to go, honey. Okay, that was thank you. Great one. That was a great one. I'm sure a lot of us can relate to that. Thank so, you so much. Thank you. So before uh, I do the close, I'd like to invite you, James, to clue us in on what's happening next week. And I can't believe we're at the end of the show already. Well, as a matter of fact, this theme will probably be continuing. The theme next week is what do you think you can't do? Is it true that you can't? We've been talking a lot today about you, cannot, you can't stand up to this or that. And so uh, we all have a lot of challenges about things we think you can't do. Yet how often do we pretend we can do something that we can't? And why do we do that? 
And how often do we tell ourselves that we can't do something that we can? Just think about it. Make a list of the things you think you can't do, like learn a computer program, leave a bad relationship, get more exercise, stand up to a bully, fix a toilet, comfort a friend, or face something about you or your life. Now consider each item. And where did you get the idea that you can't do it? Was it true in the past that you couldn't? Is it still true? Or is it that you don't want to risk failure or ridicule? Or you're faking dependence to puff up someone else or to make yourself feel loved? Or you could do it, but you're just scared, etc., etc. If you don't do something, don't stress over it and love yourself anyway. But if you might be able to do something, love yourself enough to try. Let's talk about our can'ts. And so let's call in. We encourage you to call into Beth and ask for the help that you can get so that you can turn can't into a can. And join our post-show forum when you can. And now, final word from Beth. Thank you, James. We're really uh, running out of time, so I just want to tell you how grateful I am to our callers, as usual, and our listeners for the open-heartedness as we bring forward these questions that are ripping us all up. Just remember, guys, every time you see something that you feel should not happen and you sit there and you let it happen, you feel like a traitor, like you've colluded, you have less self-esteem, less self-love. Every time you treat yourself badly, the same thing happens. And that is an invitation to more abuse. There is no winning when we don't stand up for the right thing. So thank you. And stand up for Inside Out. Tell people about this show. Share it on Facebook. Like it. Uh, Join the post-show forum. Uh, Call in. Stand up for yourself and stand up for us. Until then. Thank you for making us a part of your week. Listen for the next edition of Inside Out with Beth Green and James Maynard next Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Have a great week.